What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 305th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It is super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. With me is Will. And for our 305th episode, let me remark upon my top five favorite people and who's not on that list. Oh my gosh. Mostly Steve. (laughs) This was a debate last night. I'm probably like (laughs) second on your will, Will. I do not have a last will and testament, sorry. But if you did, I would be pretty high on there. Who who would be above me? I I have two nieces and a nephew. Okay, besides family, who would be above me? <laughs> Al, Micah, Rochelle, oh my Irene. <laughs> Speaking of Al, Al is back. Hello, and today I'm drinking Diet Coke with exotic mango. What? What? That, that sounds disgusting. That's a flavor? It's actually quite nice. Yeah, it's brand new. It's quite nice, actually. I've also got uh, standard Coke with peach. For some reason, they only seem to be making the mango in Diet Coke and the peach in normal Coke. I like mangoes I, more than I like peach. Uh, I agree, um, but I don't, I, I don't want fruit in my cola. Does that make sense? Uh, what, so yeah. you wouldn't even have lemon? Ooh, well, lime, lemon's not lime fruit. Coke, lime Coke is pretty... <laughs> lime Coke sorry, is pretty sorry. <laughs> Did you just say lemon is not a fruit? It's not a fruit, it's a citrus it's it's a spritz it's a slice on the side it's not like something you bite into to enjoy i mean it's still a fruit though Dude, we, all right it's it, it's it's a fleshy part of a f- plant that has seeds inside making it a fruit have we talked about shower oranges on the podcast before shower um, oranges i i don't know because it was like I know I've talked to you about it before, but I don't know where. Yeah. What's a shower orange? Have you heard, Al, of, like, bringing a beer into the shower? No, I have not. Okay, it's... Uh, maybe that seems it's, a bit odd. Maybe it's an American thing. I'm not... I don't drink. <laughs> I think most people know that. I don't drink at all, and I'm obviously I'm, I'm well over the legal age to drink. I just choose not to. But there's, like, a... Maybe, I know it exists everywhere in the united states maybe it's a very popular milwaukee thing because the only thing to do in the state of milwaukee the state the city of milwaukee is to drink because we have nothing but breweries and sports but from my understanding people like to crack open a cold beer and then drink it while in a hot shower after like work or if they're like pre-gaming to go out to like a, uh, a night event I uh, found the subreddit maybe like two years ago called Shower Orange. So instead of like drinking a beer in a shower, you peel and eat an orange in the shower because oranges can be messy. So if it's messy, it's okay because you're already in the shower. And because it's one of the it's because some fruits are okay with like rinsing off and having water on. Orange qualifies for that, so it's just a convenient no. way to eat an Disagree. orange. Disagree. Okay, have... it, it removes the, the juice. I mean, I have so many issues with this, right? So, first of all, <laughs> let's take the beer. Okay. Why? What happens with the beer? Does it get diluted? Like, no, are I you think, trying to, I, you're spending your time trying to keep it out? Oh, but that's so hard. <laughs> Wait, like, well, do you have, like, a cup holder? You in, like, yeah, you have, like, there's places in the shower where, like, the water's not hitting. No. Probably, I mean, like... The, the roof. <laughs> no, like, like the corners of the shower, because that's where you, normally where you keep your, like, shampoo and conditioner bottles, or, like, your, your squeegees or stuff. Maybe now, because you're a little person, the water doesn't splash around the rest of the shower, but for normal-sized people <laughs> like us... Or excessively sized people like me, the water gets everywhere. What? First off, number one, here's the list of things that are reasonable to consume while you're taking a shower. Nothing. Here's the list of things that are not reasonable to consume while you're taking a shower. Everything. Right, so I have, a, I have now have a question about the orange, right? What happens with the peel? Like, I feel like that would just get in the way once you're done with it. Well, from my understanding, so if you go to r slash shower orange, which I have no affiliate, oh, they're not this a is sponsor. An oh dear! It's it, like it's nothing but people taking pictures of like their leftover orange on on their shower floor. 
Oh no. And which which is fine. Uh, it just makes me jealous I don't have like a fancy shower is really what it comes down to. Uh, I've been told that the peel of an orange or what I was calling the skin at some point is actually called the rind. I believe That is a term for it, yes. Okay. All right. But I feel like once I get a fancy shower, I want to crack open an orange and uh, give it a try. I feel like it's and a good me... way to eat an orange because like oranges can be messy and they can squirt, but you're already in a shower, so if you get sticky, you can just wash right off. Oh, uh, let me agree so with wrong. you on one thing here. Uh, your shower is one of the worst. What? I you're agree. The shower no, in your no. house is just horrible. What, what, what makes it so bad? It's like a 1940 shower, but I do have like the arm extender to make it. I got a That's, nice shower no, no, head. No, but it's it's the whole experience, right? The fact that I live in a one bedroom condo here in DC, and my entire bathroom is about two times larger than yours. Yeah, I have a small bathroom. Then your shower, for, besides the fact that that window is right there, like pointing back where people can look in, your shower. Is full of products. Oh, that's Irene. Of products. <laughs> and the greatest affront, which constantly, this is why I hate sharing a hotel room with you. And I will definitely think six times before I do it ever again. The the toothpaste in the shower. Oh, you gotta you gotta brush your teeth in the shower. The list of things it's reasonable to consume in the shower. Nothing, and that you includes toothpaste. Toothpaste. Well, I mean, it goes in your <laughs> mouth. It might as well be consumed. Wait, Al, do, have you right. brushed your teeth in the shower before? I have. I don't. I don't generally do it. I have done it before, though. It's so convenient, though. Well, the problem is we're very we're far too close to discussing the, whether you pee in the shower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <gasps> Horror. <laughs> but. <laughs> Brushing your teeth in the shower is nice because also brushing your teeth is messy. And I remember my middle school and even high school and possibly elementary school days of brushing my teeth before school and being very excited of the outfit I picked out the night before because my parents would force me to pick out my outfit the night before so I wouldn't take that long in the morning. And then getting toothpaste on your shirt because toothpaste can be messy. And especially when you're a kid, it's more messy because you have zero self-control. I shouldn't be talking because I have zo- no self-control now. To like brush your teeth in the shower, you're not, you don't run that risk. If you drip toothpaste, it's okay because it's not getting anything, it's not getting anywhere but your skin and then it just rinses off because you're already in water. So I'm looking through this subreddit and, and one thing strikes me. Cut down a rabbit people, hole. <laughs> yeah, most people seem to be eating an orange in a very odd way. And I don't know whether it's I eat oranges in, we- in an unusual way, but most of the people seem to be biting into the orange. Oh, well, I don't when think you're you- in the shower, it's too slippery to use your fingers, obviously. Mm, yeah, I okay, feel but how, how would you eat an orange? Do you peel it in... So what I would do, right? This is what I would do. Peel the orange entirely and then break it up to in, into its segments and then eat the segments one by one. Is that unusual? No, that's. I feel like that's what I would do. Okay. I would actually take a more refined and civilized approach of starting with number one, I would grab a very sharp knife. Then, number two, I would slice the orange into segments with a knife, like, you know, humans who use tools can but, do. But then you have to wash the knife. See, that's another <laughs> okay. step. Whereas if you're so, eating in the shower, there's no knife, there's no mess, there's no napkin. You're good. You're saving a lot of. You're saving. You're saving trees. You're saving uh, silverware, and you're also creating a massive mess with skin on the on the bottom of the shower. This just. Oh, this is so wrong. I don't. I don't do agree with think, this at all. Do you think we're missing like a hidden thing where like an orange being in hot water makes it easier to peel the rind, so that you don't need no, the knife? No, no, hot and orange. No, no, no. This is. This is. The other thing as well, the people are taking pictures in the shower while they're still showering, and there's something very <laughs> wrong about all of this. Why is your phone in the shower? Well, that's a very good question. Well, most phones think... are like waterproof, right, at this point? No. No. No, definitely not. 
<laughs> Look, I don't know what phones are selling outside of America, but I feel like the Galaxy S8 or whatever it's called, they definitely show it being dunked in water and it's fine. What about the iPhone X like I carry? Uh, I'm pretty sure Apple doesn't use the word water resistant or waterproof. I think they were use the word water resistant, but I'm sure I bet it could survive a, 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 a at least a shower of like answering the phone. For the amount of money I paid for this phone, I'm not going to put that to the test. No. Yeah. This is fantastic podcast material. It is. This is a Pokemon podcast, by the way. <laughs> Talk about all Pokemon all the time. I don't know if there's there's not a Pokemon based off an orange. What Pokemon is it safe to consume in the shower? <laughs> Bound sweet. sweet, obviously. <laughs> I was going to say cher- Cheruby. See, cherries is one of the fruit that you can rinse underwater and then immediately eat. And it's okay if it's still wet. Cherries, grapes, I feel like that that qualifies. Yeah, but then you also have the, like, do you take the stem out before you go in? And then if you do, then that's fine. But you also then have the stone. Like, what do you do? Yeah. The stone is no, small no, no. enough that, that it can probably country. go... D- <laughs> well, you don't have a stone. No, no, no. We don't serve... Uh, neither cherries nor grapes with pits Mm-mm-mm-mm. yeah we, we we've we've uh dna bred those out huh that, that may be the case here i don't eat cherries i know that grapes don't tend to have much other than the the tiniest of tiny seeds yeah but like i didn't realize they'd done that with cherry as well all right let's talk about spoke my news not a lot this this week but we got some stuff to talk about first thing is that Immediately after the first community, or the, the what was the last one? Uh, Mareep. Immediately mm-hmm. after the Mareep community day ended, uh, they announced the next community day, which, again, I've said this every time, but I love that they give people such a big heads up. Uh, but the Charmander Pokemon community day will be taking place on May 19th. I believe this is on Saturday, so we've had two Saturdays, two Sundays. We're back to Saturday now. It will still be the three-hour time limit, same time for you every time. So for Central Time Zone, for me, it's 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. In addition, there will be three-hour lures, three times the Stardust as bonus, and an exclusive move has not been known. And uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, fifth time a charm for another shiny at this point. I'd be very shiny surprised. Shiny Charmander. Sweet. Didn't. Yeah. Well, let's be honest, Shiny Charmander is not that interesting, because it's just yellow rather than orange. I think it's the Charizard that's the, the better one. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. How was your uh, Mareep community day, Al? How was, how was the weather over there? Uh, it was alright. The weather was fine. Uh, sunny. Not too warm. Not too cold. Um, I didn't get to do much, because it's a Sunday. I do lots of things on Sundays, so uh, I didn't have a huge amount of time. But I did catch... Uh, enough shinies i caught three shinies um and i evolved one ampharos to get the uh exclusive move so yeah uh, certainly was successful it's a day i look forward to for sure yes i'm Uh, looking forward to this one being saturday again because i'll have some more time yeah 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 pokemon the series sun and moon complete collection to be released in australia the Sun and Moon Complete Collection will be re- released on Australia on May 2nd. It's already available for pre-order. This DVD set contains entire uh, the entirety of Pokemon Sun and Moon, the series, the 20th season of the English dub anime. It'll have six discs, uh, and it will be Region 4. It has a runtime of nine, 946 minutes, and it will be priced at $49.95 uh, Australian dollars. Is that what it's called? Are they do they call them dollars? Yeah. They, In Australia they, they do. Okay. The previous season XYZ collection was released by Beyond Home Entertainment on May 3rd, 2017. DVD can that DVD was the 19th season of the anime. So I'm assuming because Bulbapedia mentions that, I'm assuming Beyond Home Entertainment is releasing this one as well. Uh, we had a lot of DVD Blu-ray talk last week, but I believe the consensus was DVDs are cheap to make, and also a lot of like education stuff still uses DVDs, as well as like hospitals and stuff, I suppose. But why yeah. hospitals? Why hospitals? I don't know because yeah. they don't want to pay the money to upgrade to Blu-ray. Are you questioning why hospitals would be playing Pokemon? <laughs> no, just like he specifically said hospitals, and I'm like, 
Why hospitals? Like hospitals, schools, uh, probably like lower education, like kindergarten, preschool, daycare stuff. I'm assuming. I still, I still think it's quite normal for people not to have a Blu-ray player because for some reason it just never quite caught on as much as DVDs did. Probably just because people don't see the advantage as much. So the advantages of DVDs over VHS was massive. But with Blu-ray, it's literally just, it can be in higher resolution. Which, if you're buying, say, you know, I don't know, a TV with a built-in DVD player or something like that, you know, they tend to be quite small TVs if you're doing that. You don't care about the high definition. Like, most people really won't care. And there's also, not only are they cheaper to make, but they then sell for cheaper as well, generally. Um, And so people would like that option, I think. The so DVDs I, will, certainly, I was just going to counterpoint that with number one, most people probably have a Blu-ray player and don't realize it. Uh, and <laughs> number two, um, the launch of Blu-ray slash competition with HD DVD. Remember that one? I do. Kind of was at the same time that digital distribution actually became a viable option. And I think a lot of people were like, I don't want to have a bunch of boxes in my house. I'll just get everything digital. I, I think that just the adoption of digital distribution has really impacted uh, the consumption of Blu-rays and physical media. Yeah, I definitely agree that the digital affects the sale of physical media. That makes perfect sense. You know, when I can't remember the last time I bought a DVD or a Blu-ray because most of the stuff I would get online. But I don't think it changes the distribution of what physical media you use. Um, and people who are buying DVDs rather than buying Blu-rays, if we didn't have digital distribution, I don't think they'd be buying Blu-rays. I think they'd still be buying DVDs. I also think of parents and probably DVDs or just those discs get scratched or moved around a lot. Or like, I think of Irene's sister who has three kids and... The amount of DVDs that were just in their minivan, just like on the ground or laying around <laughs> because like the kids would manually switch them themselves in the back seats because they have one of those minivans with the TV back there. I'm, I'm sure if I was a parent, I'd be like, heck yeah, I'm buying DVDs because they're half the cost and the kids are going to destroy them within a year anyways. <laughs> I guess like last week I was not thinking, I was thinking about buying Blu-rays for myself and only myself and they like, sit very pristine away from everyone. Yeah, there's also the other thing in that because not everyone has a Blu-ray player, but most people, certainly most people that I would know, would definitely have a DVD player. And so if I'm buying something as a gift for someone, if unless I know they have a Blu-ray player, I'm probably going to buy them a DVD. Because I, I have at least one friend who, you know, has all of the, you know, Marvel films on DVD. He doesn't have a Blu-ray player, um, and so I'm go- if I'm going to buy him something, I'm going to buy it on DVD. So he doesn't have a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox no. One? No, he doesn't. Well, there you go. Some other Pokemon news here is the upcoming... There's an upcoming Pikachu distribution announced for South Korea. Man, they're getting a lot of distributions lately. I don't, they are. Am I missing something, or is like just... TCP, the Pokemon Company International, just going real hard in Korea all of a sudden. Um, maybe, maybe opening up new markets uh, or old markets. I don't know. You know, we never get like China distributions. I know, like there was a big thing for Sun and Moon to be in Mandarin for the first time. Is that correct? Uh, I think it was um, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, wasn't it? No, no Sun and Moon. Yeah, they were in Mandarin. Uh, wait, yeah. I wouldn't say. My, I was gonna say. I wouldn't say Mandarin. The other one, Cantonese. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because Cantonese is the less spoken southeastern China and Taiwan, I believe. But, I may be completely wrong and reversing everything, but I'm pretty sure Mandarin is the one that's spoken throughout most of the PRC. But I don't think I've, I don't think we've ever reported on a China distribution. I wonder if there's weird laws there where bonus digital content is oh yeah i don't know uh but korea south korea will be getting a level 10 pikachu in it cherish ball it will have the ability static 
It will know uh, Fly, Surf, Thunderbolt, and Quick Attack. Uh, it will be distributed to celebrate the opening of a Pokemon pop-up store at the World Pokemon Festival 2018. Held at Triple Street Songdo Song Incheon. Uh, this event will be from April 27th to May 7th. Uh, and the Pikachu can be obtained in Sun, Moon, Ultra Sun, and Ultra Moon via Infrared. That's pretty cool. Yeah, if this is the World Pokemon Festival, why aren't we going? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it starts in about five days. So let me look at flights to uh, South Korea. I don't have a passport, but I'm sure if I pay a ton of money, I can get a passported. I can get passported overnight. We, we can we can work this out because number one, you've got all that tremendous Patreon cash. Oh, yes, <laughs> to pay for all these things. Uh, sure, so a flight the first is very thing, cheap. You're going to come to my house because okay. we can actually literally go to the passport office and get a same-day passport. Okay, this um, sounds good. Do I need a not, birth certificate? Because I'm missing that. I got everything else, though. Uh, I mean, you don't know what hospital you were born at? I mean, I know where my birth certificate is. It just happens to be in California right now, but uh, I don't have it in my possession. I, $5, you can get that reissued. No problem. <laughs> um, I had to do that recently. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll just look at flights from Dulles to uh, Seoul. We got to go. This is World Pokemon Festival for the world. Al, you in? You got a passport. You Europeans I, have passports all the time. I do have a passport. You guys are given passports as soon as you're born in the hospital. <laughs> I didn't actually have a passport till I was 24, I think. I needed it for so what? like two years ago? Four years ago. I googled the pokemon world festival nothing comes up i what oh, happened no, is this there? a scam <laughs> i just i need to know also here's if you're if you're a pokemon content creator let me just give you a pro tip stop using the pokemon font it's bad like the pokemon font is good for one thing the word the letters p o k e m o n not good in for, that order. In that order. Nothing else. It's not good for blog. It's not good for website. It's not good for whatever your username is. Stop using it. It's it's bad. Just be more creative. It's okay. Don't don't use the Pokemon font. It's 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 not a good font. It's a good logo, but not a good font for just written stuff. I'm curious what this festival is. Also, have you ever been to South Korea? I've never been. I've never been outside the United States. I have not, but I adore Korean food. So it would be like heaven. Like I don't I don't like eating stuff in most places, but in like South Korea, I would I'd be going nuts. I'd <laughs> there's like a what is like when you have real people do an anime? What is that called? Like uh, a TV show? <laughs> live <What>? action. <laughs> Live action, right. so, real life. So there was this, like, I, I think it started out as a comic book in South Korea called The Grand Chef, and then they made it into a TV show, and but not like a drawn TV show. It had, like, human beings doing the parts and stuff called The Grand Chef. And if you watch it, it's, like, literally just all about, like, where South Korean food comes from and the history and how it's made and everything. And it's like, I already liked the way this food tasted, and now I just love it even more. I, I, I would eat everything in south korea I, I, it, I book me a flight get me there <sighs> so the pokemon world festival is the place last year where they had the pikachu that deflated do you remember that there was a video of the oh all these yeah. Pikachu dancing yeah yeah yeah, and yeah one of them collapsed and they had to wrestle it off the stage that was uh very amusing <laughs> Okay. I imagine I imagine stuff isn't coming up because it's focused in South Korea, so all of the stuff will be in Korean, and so searching in English isn't going to give you much. Interesting. We'll have to maybe talk to our Japanese correspondent, which is very close to Korea, but would probably <laughs> know more than us. Physically close to Korea, language completely different. Yes, yes. But it's it's uh, I how close is Japan to Korea? That has to be like what an hour, maybe two hour flight. Oh, I have no idea. That has to be area of the world is just super so close. Much. All right, last bit of news here. Oh no, sorry, we have two more bits, but they're both they're both short. Um, starting today for a week, you can get the free legendary Pokemon for Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. 
those will be... Players will not have a chance to get another free pair of legendaries for their team beginning this weekend. The Pokemon Company is giving away Entei and Raikou as part of the Year of Legendary Pokemon celebration. They will be only available for a limited time from April 22nd to April 29th. Um, in the United States, you have to travel to a specific re retailer. That retailer is Target. Players in Europe, meanwhile, can download the legendaries via Mystery Gift Online until April 25th. So you have an easier way, Al, but you have short you have a shorter time frame. This code can be redeemed in any of the seventh generation Pokemon games, and it will give you a legendary depending on what you play. For those playing Sun or Ultra Sun, you will receive the fire type Entei. And for those playing Moon and Ultra Moon, you will receive the Electro type Raikou. Now, if you're curious why there's no Suicune, this is specifically because in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, you get a Pokemon depending on what you're playing. If you get the other Pokemon, for example, if you have Sun, you get Entei in the wormhole. If you trade over Raikou and the game realizes you have both Entei and Raikou, when you go back through the Ultra Wormhole, it will unlock Suicune um, for you to get. This is the same for multiple Pokemon. I can't think of all the combinations off the top of my head, but I'm sure the, the Lake Spirit Fairies have that, where one has Azelf, one gets Mess Spirit. The Uxie. Other Uxie, yeah. One of those is locked, depending on how you have you two, in, in case you don't have both games. But if you redeem the code in Ultra Sun... In, or Ultra Moon, you will, uh, that Pokemon will come equipped with a gold uh, bottle cap, which you can use to max out all your Pokemon IVs once they hit level 100. Entei will know... Entei, uh, so they'll know different moves too. If you redeem an Ultra Sun, Entei will be level 100. It will know Sacred Fire, Stone Edge, Iron Head, and Flame Charge. In just regular Sun, it will be level 60. It will have just a regular bottle cap, not a gold bottle cap. It will know Stomp, Bite, Swagger, Lava Plume. Ultra Moon, Raikou will know Thunderbolt, Volt Switch, Extra no Extensionary, whatever that move is. Extrasensory? Yes. Calm Mine. And then in Regular Moon, it will know Reflect, Crunch, Thunderfang, and Discharge. Wait, there's a move called Coal Mine? Calm Mind. Calm Mind? Cal <laughs> calm Mind. All right. It's the one with the water drop. Bling. Yes. Like that. Yeah. So just as a side point, um, we have less time to still do it, but ours started on the 4th of April. Did it really? Yeah. Dang. I was just I double-checked on the website. Yeah, it definitely started. Because I got mine about a week ago. So it's odd that yours has only just started. I've noticed between, like, Target and GameStop, I can't remember what other US re retailers have had codes recently but like the target people definitely do not care it is such a, like um oh yeah I, th I think we have those oh yeah we have a whole stack and usually the stack is not opened whereas like the GameStop people they know but they're also like ready to sell you on that pre-order they're always like hey you wanna you wanna <laughs> pre-order the next Pokemon game we have no idea what console what system what date but we'll take your five dollars right now They'll always do that, though, won't they? But the interesting thing is that yours in February was the 2nd till the 28th, which I think was the same as ours, except yours was in GameStop. Our, ours was game at that point, so we, we that was physical codes as well. This is the first time it's been you've got physical codes and we've been online. Last month, you got the trainer, the, email. the, the newsletter, email. and we were online. But this is the only one where there's been such a big difference in time. Yeah, it must be the deal with Target. I'm curious. I don't yeah, know how these... February was GameStop, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, February was GameStop. I'm assuming the actual company pays to do the like they pay the Pokemon company, right? So like if I'm GameStop, I pay you know, let's just say a thousand dollars to get the the codes for Marshadow, and then. That $1,000, I would hope, would bring in enough people to then buy stuff in the store to make more money, right? Like, that's how the deal has to work? I don't think they've ever announced how, how they do it, but that, that certainly would make sense. So, like, the bid for, like, I'm sure at one point Target was like, yeah, we'll bid because we know if people come in to Target and 
they pick up a code, they're probably going to walk up and down the video game aisle and they're probably going to walk away with like they there must be an average like there's a lot of smart people who figure out marketing stuff. So there must be an average of like one in every 10 people spend at least $100. So that means every person that comes in, the average is they'll spend $10, which is $10 we probably wouldn't have before because they're going out of their way to get this code, which probably means if they're driving to Target to just get a code, they're probably also going to Target to get other stuff. Or maybe they just don't shop at Target, but they, they're going to walk out with something anyways, even if that's like a Twix bar. So th- there must be some like... Or, or a Snickers. Or if they want to make bad choices. Um, but like <laughs> Target specifically, I feel like... Because the last code I remember at Target, I think was the Charizard back in October. October, which I think was when the one of the TCG sets were released. I wonder why Target's like, nah, we only want to do a week. Like that must have been a Target thing of like, nah, oh, we'll okay. only do a week. Like that that's has to be on them. And that's and that's not put the Pokemon company off, and they're still still doing it with them this time. Yeah, I get. I guess. I mean, I don't know what other stores would be willing to like Best Buy. I guess could be another retailer, but I don't remember Best Buy ever having codes. So, so are you assuming at this point that GameStop wouldn't want to do it as much as the Pokemon company would want them to do? Maybe Target just outbid it would be my guess. Yeah, maybe Target like was like, can we get like two distributions a year or something? And then they don't really put the effort or interest towards it, something like that. I mean, maybe there are Targets that are like very excited to have these distributions. Maybe the ones in Milwaukee, they just do not care at all. There are a lot of targets. Uh, I think there are a lot more targets in the United States than there are GameStops. I'm assuming, right? Um, I I don't know. I don't know because GameStop is everywhere, but Target. There are parts of this country that don't have targets. So, apparently, this is just off the top of internet numbers. Just under two thousand targets and just over seven thousand GameStops in America. What? Yeah, that sounds about right to me. What? I feel oh, like have, oh, a, so that seven thousand number. Sorry, does include the ones outside of America. But um, that's not that so, many. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how many. Um, there are some in is it Germany, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand. I can think of like six targets in my area that I can. I think out of the six targets I can think of, maybe the furthest one is like 45 minutes away. But like, I have one seven minutes away. I have another one. 18 minutes away it's right next to the stadium yeah i can think of six off the top of my head and all of them i can get to within 30 to 40 minutes how many targets are in dc probably zero because dc doesn't even have a taco bell no we have one and i think (laughs) we have one taco bell so you can keep your judgment yeah it's just we i mean we have two walmarts so that's really telling you something i guess i thought there were way more targets interesting interesting Hmm. Um, is is Washington just up to the the river? There's two rivers, but we cross yeah. one of them. We don't cross the other one. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just I'm looking at a map just now, and it's because uh, I can only see three borders, and then one looks like it follows the uh, one of the rivers. Yes, that's the um, the three stars in our flag are the three borders, and then the two stripes are the two rivers. That's and your that, piece of knowledge for the day. Well, I have no idea what your flag looks like. Um, three stars two bars <laughs> three stars two bars last bit of news here is uh there is a pokemon go earth day event with unlockable rewards and uh, that's today it's yeah it'll be today of the podcast there's really nothing you can do as as a player <laughs> unless you've already signed up ahead of time but pretty much the game is tied the, the ga- in-game rewards are tied to how many people check into these events so if 1500 people check in Everyone in the world will get double stardust from ground, water, and grass type Pokemon for a limited time. If 3,000 players check in, uh, they will get triple stardust for the same um, for the same types. Rewards will be released sometime on Monday if that was to be hit, and they will last for approximately 48 hours. Uh, it has to do with like picking up garbage and this global challenge and stuff. Um, like I said, if if not much you can do listening to the podcast. You would have probably already found an event. Get ready to check in and add to it. Uh, there are, from my understanding, at least 5 million active Pokemon Go players. So 
three thousand is is not a terrible uh uh goal to hit, but I'm I'm sure it is a good average that Niantic has predicted, so I'm sure it'll get I'm sure it'll get hit. Also, even we have we have no clue if if it would or if it wouldn't, and Niantic could just be like, yeah, sure, three thousand people hit it, so here you guys go. There's no way to actually f- check that or prove that. <laughs> Just like the Thanksgiving slash November event, there was really no way to for anyone to actually track that kind of stuff, but I don't see why they would lie. Um, and that's pretty much all the Pokemon news. So uh, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll do some emails. We'll do our Pokemon of the week, and then we'll wrap up. They could make... They could make... They could make a sound type... Sound type, sound type, sound type, sound type. And we are back from our break. Let's do some emails. Got man, we're I'm just disaster with emails right now. Uh, <laughs> got some from like really long ago, some from recently. Not organized, but uh, if you have an email that you want to add to this mess of emails. I'm more than more than welcome to email in the show, Pokemon or non Pokemon related. You can send your email to sbj at pkmncast.com or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button. Uh, both ways are acceptable. Uh, this email is from Pat from Chicago, Illinois. Hey, SB. Uh, Hey, it's Super Effective Crew. Just wanted to say thank you for the ha- all the hard work and dedication you put in the show each and every week. SBJ, Will, Micah, Al, Rochelle, Logan, and sometimes Irene, uh, as well as a few co-hosts that have moved on, have become an inter-ingrained part of my weekly routine uh, since I started listening back in the fall of 2013. Man, that's over four years. I can't uh, begin to describe how much the show has done for me personally, but I also feel that ISC has some to, has done some terrific work bringing up some more serious topics from time to time that may have helped many other listeners cope with overcome some personal issues. Don't want to make this email very long, but just wanted to drop a quick line to let you to thank all of you that you're extremely appreciated and just know that you're making a difference in countless people's lives weekly and even on a daily basis keep up the great work aka pat from palette yes we've tackled the very serious issue of people eating or drinking consuming items in the shower this is critical that this be addressed very critical ah this but thank you so much pat that does mean a lot i do appreciate it it's like like those those emails do mean a ton even though like there's no question or anything but just like somebody taking the time to like write that email and send it means a lot. It does. Um, it's very easy to like forget or to just be like, I like the show, but like never write in or never like tweet or anything. I'm not saying you have to, but like to take that extra effort is definitely appreciated. Jeremy writes in from Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, says, I love the show. Listen to it every week as soon as it shows up. I also spread the word to my friends that like Pokemon as well. I have one question. I got a Switch, and I'm wondering which games would you recommend other than Puya Puya Tetris? Uh, what Switch games are you playing, Will? <laughs> None. I haven't I haven't turned it on since Monster Hunter World came out. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible Switch daddy. I'm sure someday a Pokemon game will come out for the Switch, and I will start using it again. Or some maybe maybe they'll make a Katamari Damacy port for the Switch, but nah, all my console gaming time is Monster Hunter World now. Uh, Al, do you have any Switch recommendations? I am currently playing Golf Story, which is very fun. I heard everyone's um, golf is better. Everyone's golf. <laughs> I have not played everyone's golf, but Golf Story is very fun. Um, I guess the the other games I've really enjoyed recently would be Celeste and 
Mario Odyssey, I know it's a kind of cliche, but I wasn't convinced when I started, but it was actually really fun. Um, obviously Zelda. Yeah, those would probably be my top four just now. What, what, isn't there like a cooking mama? It's not cooking mama. What's the one where you're sent back in time to learn how to cook? Overcooked. Over, overcooked. I heard that's real good. It's not good by yourself. It's only good with multiple people. What if I hate people? Then I would not recommend overcooked. Okay. It's, it's, it's very, very bad just by yourself. It's meant for four people. Four people. Uh, the game I probably played the most on the Switch is Splatoon 2. I mean, take it or leave it, but I uh, thought that game was significantly better than the first one. I know you tried to get me to play Shovel Knight, and I did not enjoy that experience at all. Shovel Knight's pretty good, but you can get, like, the problem with the Switch is I feel like all the good games on the Switch you can get on a million other platforms. Like, Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley is really good, but, like, Stardew Valley you can get on everything else. When are we going to get Animal Crossing for Switch? That's the dream. I have to apologize to everyone on the Slack who will now be annoyed at me for not suggesting Stardew Valley. Yes, get Stardew Valley. It's a good game. It is good. Uh, this message is from Alex. Dear SBJ and crew, between Community Day, the Pikachu Overload for Pokemon Day, SBJ's crazy luck, and the shiny Aeron I caught in Pokemon Go this morning, I've had shiny Pokemon on my brain a lot this week. This got me wondering if you think Niantic would ever add the shiny charm to the game. This could possibly, they could possibly charge like 2,500 coins for it. uh, And only the super hardcore and dedicated players would care. Since it's just an aesthetic change to Pokemon and doesn't affect any stats for battle. It wouldn't be a pay to win item. So even though I'm sure that some people would get mad about it, I don't really think there are, they have many arguments against it. What do you all think, Alex? Well, right now, the way you get a shiny shiny charm is if you have a complete uh, national desk, de- dex. That's a hard word to say, correct? Uh, in Ultrasound Ultra Moon, you just need the Alolan dex. So you just need 400 Pokemon. Really? They've cut back on it that much? Well, there's no national mm. dex at all. Well, I mean, you synchronize it with Pokemon Bank, so technically it's <laughs> yeah, there. But, yeah, but Bank notices them, but the game doesn't. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather have it be a reward for getting like a complete living Pokedex in uh, Pokemon Go rather than something that you have to pay for. I'm sure Niantic would rather it be something that you have to pay for, but... <laughs> And then it also depends on the programming of when is it uh, Pokemon determined to be shiny? Is it before capture? Is it when it's on the server? Like, if everybody captures the same Pokemon and it's a shiny one, do they all get a shiny? Or do some people get a shiny and some people get a regular? Yeah, it's it's shiny per person, not not for the whole one. Correct. Okay. So then, I mean, then it shouldn't be that difficult to implement a shiny charm. It's just that in Pokemon Go, they... They have only allowed a specific set of Pokemon to be shiny versus any Pokemon could be shiny. Yeah. And and that's the major change they'd have to make to make a shiny charm really work worthwhile. I, mean, I, I agree with Alex that like there's not a lot of arguments against it because it's just cosmetic and stuff, but has Niantic mention the word shiny and i say that because every community today they never advertise or say there's a shiny pokemon on pokemon day they didn't mention there was a shiny pikachu on any of the egg events they don't say like we've added shiny why not or um meg b to the game even the first shiny which was pikachu and then i think quickly after was magikarp even with the gold magikarp i don't think they said shiny magikarp that might be the only one they might have but i don't think niantic has ever said the words shiny ever but i could be wrong even like I, cer- the Pokemon- I certainly haven't remembered them doing it before, but that doesn't mean that they they haven't. The Pokemon company is just really weird about like s- saying specific stuff ever. So the 
they did announce uh, when they you're correct when they announced shiny magic art. They actually did say shiny. Okay, got the the post here. Got it. I would assume that they would want to keep the the ideal of like the shiny charm is a reward for getting all the Pokemon, which is really kind of. One of the main concepts in Pokemon Go is getting all the Pokemon, but the problem with that is like they're continually to add new Pokemon. And where do you do? Where do you draw the line for like regionals or legendaries or mythicals? Like where would you draw the line to make that happen? Well, and on top of that, with previous games, there's always an actual endpoint. They never end up adding more Pokemon in. Whereas with Pokemon Go, even when we get all what, 802 is it just now? By that point, there will be more new Pokemon, and we'd expect that they'd add them in as well. So, theoretically, until they stop updating the game, they're going to be adding new Pokemon. So there's never that point where you have all of the Pokemon. Maybe they can make it a quest like Mew, and you have to complete a quest to make it worthwhile for getting the Shiny Charm. I would feel like there would be other paid permanent things that they would add. Like, I think the hardcore community would probably be more obsessed with like a second paid incubator than a shiny charm. Mm. It's an interesting concept. I don't think they would do it because I, I feel like I think I, it's a hard, I feel like it's a harder sell um, than like maybe just a paid it, incubator. Like, maybe if they do it like the incense or the, what's the other thing that you like put on things and Lucky it makes it like attracts. No, no, no. It, like, attracts Pokemon. There's one you put on yourself, and then there's one you put on Pokestops. Yeah, there's a lure and incense. Lures, yeah. So maybe if it's something like that, where it's, like, something you can put on a Pokestop, and it makes it more likely that shiny Pokemon will appear at that location for a period of time, I could see that being valuable. They could still use the same same name, Shiny Charm. Uh, yeah, there you go. I like that. That's a good concept. Because the thing is, right, if you look at the fact that you can add things to a Pokestop. Currently, it's only lures. Like there are there are multiple things you can you can do the lucky egg and the the star piece, but they are for you. The lure is the only one that you can do for other people. But clearly, they have an idea of other things they could do in the future. And actually, with Ingress, the same thing happened. They launched. Oh, I cannot remember what it was, but they launched something. One of the th- one of the things to put onto portals that did something, and then. A few months later, they launched another few as well, and it was kind of pretty obvious that they were going to do that. Uh, This message is from Thomas from uh, Philadelphia. Found your mythical D&D podcast while browsing browsing iTunes recently, and I really enjoyed the first season. Noticed you only have a few small seasons after the first. Are you planning on continuing to release more in the future? Thanks. Yes, and... I guess that's just it, right? Just yes. <laughs> Eventually. I think I've talked about this in Slack, but like the problem is I only have so much time as a content creator. So I'm I, I do it's super effective. I do the carve, which has really taken off. I do a Lola vacation, which I want to do more of. Um it's just not only do I have to work with my schedule, I have to work with Irene's schedule. And then I do Twitch and then I do a lot of, I do some other stuff as well as like some freelance stuff that is just to pay the bills or hopefully help pay the bills. So like the D&D stuff was not doing as good as that other stuff. So that's why I got put on the back burner, especially when I like lost my job. I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't doing as well as it once did. So it has to get back. It has to be put on the back burner for now, so I can focus on stuff that is taking off. Um, I I think it's no surprise that the Twitch has significantly taken off since then. So that's kind of been my prime focus, and Twitch takes a lot of hours. Uh, just because I'm live for eight hours doesn't mean there's several hours before and after the stream that takes time to set up or tear down or quote unquote network or socialize. Um, which is part of the part of the game that is Twitch. So yes, uh, I probably would have gotten a lot done this past week if I wasn't deathly sick, uh, which is like my first week with no conventions, no cons. Uh, but I got super sick, 
And so, like, I feel like nothing has progressed in the last three weeks because it was con, con, and then one week of con, another week of con, and then a week of sickness. So I almost felt like I lost a whole month when it came to, like, creating extra content that I normally do, but I'm finally feeling better now, so hopefully I can do longer shifts and stay and get less sleep to make more stuff happen. So yeah, short answer is yes to that. There's still, I think, two or three episodes left in the current season, which has been on hold since, I think, December. Uh, and then, secretly, there's a whole other season recorded that Greg and I did in uh, in January. We recorded some stuff with um, some unnamed people, and uh, I'm excited to put that out, but I just I just don't have enough time in the day to do everything I want to do. But soon, I, I shouldn't say soon, eventually, it will happen. For those who who care about that, I know there are some definitely some passionate people about that stuff. Uh, let's do one more email here. Uh, this is from Daniel from Trevor, Wisconsin. I don't know where that is. Wisconsin's a big state. It is big. Big and boring. Hello, ISE crew. Just a quickie I wanted to clear up over the Gyarados Dragon Knight debacle. Gyarados could not could fit with Dratini's line, but Dragonite could not evolve for Magikarp. The whole origin of Magikarp, the carp jumping over the waterfall called the Dragon's Gate, uh, is inherently Asian, specifically Chinese. So Dragonite, being an extremely Western-style dragon, is incongruent with the whole idea. It is also it also makes a lot of sense that a carp poke. On evolves into a longer fish because carp do not get do get long and Gyarados not being a dragon makes a lot of sense too because the whole myth is less about a fish turning into a mystical force of nature and more just a flying fish. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, anyways, I wanted to say about that, the Venomoth Butterfree thing is still fascinating, and I hope we hear some truth from Pokemon internally. You guys are great, love arguing with Steve on Twitter, and I love hearing from the entire crew in any form, Daniel. Well, I mean, I disagree with everything that he has to say. Almost. I mean, I don't have a huge problem with the, uh, Dragonite line or the Gyarados line. I don't actually have a huge problem with the Venomoth Butterfree line either, but I feel like the Venomoth Butterfree line is, I mean, we've talked about it, is very clear that, like, like they switched that stuff last minute. Well, I mean, I also think it's pretty clear, like, if you look at the whiskers that are coming off the bottom of Magikarp, and then you look at the antenna that are on the top of uh, Dragonite, and they're exactly the same, that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a magical carp that turns into Puff the Magic Dragon. That's that's what happens, except it didn't happen. <sighs> I don't remember what episode we were talking about that on. That Relatively had to recently. Been, yeah, it was pretty recently. This email was March, so it wasn't even that long ago. Pokemon stuff is weird. Well, I do find it interesting that we constantly try and find reasons for things with Pokemon. You know, the oh, that one looks a lot like this other Pokemon that it's somehow unrelated to. You've got to remember that with specifically like the Butterfree Venomoth thing, they were designing a lot of these all at the same time, so maybe some of the same ideas just ended up in different lines. And what we see as obviously Venomoth, I'm sorry, Ven Venonat evolving into Butterfree is just that someone like those style of eyes at that point in time yeah i'm sure in generation one they probably worked quickly because we know of the budget issues and the rush they had to get that game out um and there were probably less artists than there are now wait fewer artists in the world well fewer artists working on the game i'm assuming oh yeah i'd imagine but, I mean, overall, what it really boils down to, it's it's the same thing, like, that we do with literary or film criticism or anything. We we want to believe, as the consumer of media, games, whatever, that the creator has this very comprehensive, thought-out, well-planned, 
design for what they produce and provide to us. And our investigation is to ultimately find out that, no, that one person didn't show up for work that day. And so (laughs) they shuffled the cards and oops, that card came out in the wrong set. Or they were like, we don't have enough water type Pokemon in this game. All right. Basculin it is. Yeah. It's all good. Thank you guys for the emails. Uh, if you want to send in an email again, SB, B as in boy. Um, every now and then I get an SPJ. I feel like I say the B pretty clear. <laughs> um, my last name is Black, so. I mean, that's the color of ink, but what's your last name? You know, or PokemonPodcast.com slash contact. Contact hyphen us, I think, but PokemonPodcast.com. Hit the contact button. That'll all be good. Uh, Will, give us our Pokemon of the week. All right. So you and Al don't know what Pokemon has been selected, so you must listen to my description of its biology. This is a new thing you've started. Yes. I like it. Uh, it's you'll have to guess and then although i'll be awfully surprised (laughs) if i don't start laughing in the middle of this one this pokemon is a small white pokemon with green on its bottom half it has white arms and long notched ears and a green tail it has a rounded yellow crown on its head it has beady eyes and blush marks and a small nose it is seen holding the pistol of a flower it likes which has petals that come in five colors, red, yellow, orange, blue, or white. These flowers are called fairy flowers in the anime. When this Pokemon is born, it finds a flower and lives in and cares for it during this Pokemon's lifespan. It can draw at the power of the flower it holds. The crown on its head is made of pollen from its flower, which has healing properties. It is a female-only species with no male counterpart. According to the Professor Oak's hollow coaster from the green-green grass types of home, white flower this Pokemon are rare and difficult to find. (laughs) Al, who do you think it is? So I think I have a disadvantage with this because I can't visualize things in my head, but I think it's Flababy. All right, Steve, it what's is, your guess? It's Flabebe. I knew as soon as you said, like, green bottom that it was Flabebe. <laughs> yeah, everybody likes the butt. Flabebe appears to be based on fairies and nymphs, in particular Anthea, due to its flower wreath-like crown upon its head, as well as possibly Chloris. It may have also been inspired by the concept of insect pollination, consider- considering its small stature and grasp upon the flower's female organ, the stigma. I uh, didn't realize until literally just moments ago that Flabebe is a hundred percent female. Yeah, it is. I didn't. I had no clue. I guess I didn't think Even of it. Even though you've been exposed to this as part of the argument between me and Greg. Well, is Roselia a hundred percent? That can be male or female. Okay. And we all know the white flower is the rare flower. The rarest of rare rarest of rares um but i believe uh this was this was actually actually i I cannot confirm this i've been told this by multiple people that if you breed flabebe so like if you're looking for a shiny flabebe uh if you breed just like white flower flabebe together you will only get white flower flabebe so all right yeah flabebe takes the color from the mother okay Sometimes it's Which, like, of course, is always going to be a Flababy in this case, because... Yeah. Is that how it works with uh, Minior, too? Is it Minior? 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 Uh, sure. Is that how it works with that one, or is that random color every yeah, time? Yeah, that one That one does seem to be... It passes down as well. I'm not sure whether you can pass it down from either side. What happens if it's if you have both? Because Minior is both uh, genders, isn't it? What color is the rarest Minior? Uh, I don't, I think mini, oh, uh, no. is it? Mini or is gentleless. Yeah. So you breed it with a so ditto. Yeah. But if you and put like you a color of green paint. one in, are you always getting green ones out? Yeah. Interesting. Except like the, the shiny one for mini art is black, which is pretty cool. 
I think most of them work like that way other than Vivian in terms of if they have multiple forms and stuff. Some trivia here. Flabebe is the first original fairy Pokemon in the national decks as Clefairy was not a fairy between Gen 1 and 5. Flabebe is tied with with Joltik, Cutiefly, Comfey, and Cosmoem for being the smallest Pokemon. Oh, wow. Cosmoem is a small Pokemon? Apparently. Hmm. At point zero two, or sorry, 0.2 pounds, Flabebe is tied with Ghastly, Haunter, Cosmog, and Kartana for the lightest Pokemon. Wait, Cosmoem is smaller than Cosmog, but weighs more. Yeah, I think yeah. Cosmoem weighs like 80 pounds or something weird like that. No, no. Cosmoem weighs 2,000 pounds. What? What? I'm looking at it now. 2,204 pounds or 1,000 kilograms. I knew it weighed a lot because I was. <laughs> I remember it being really small and weighing a lot. I didn't realize it weighed that much. Yep. That is weird. And Cosmog is... Twice the size of Cosmoem, but only point uh, one kilogram or point one point uh, two pounds. Jeez, Flabebe uh, is the only Pokemon with a diacritical mark in its English name. The diacritical, an accent mark. Okay. Well, no, an accent is a type of diacritic. It's not yes. all of them. Whew. Slow down with the grammar stuff. <laughs> Can't handle this. Uh, in the battle ch- chateau, uh, Baroness's Francis Francine Francine's uh, Flabebe uses the cry of Floet. Oops, so it, is, it is wrong. But there you go. Flabebe is uh, a good Pokemon, I would say. I th- I just love that. There's like these heated discussions when you talk about its shiny. And people are like, the shiny has blue eyes. And I'm like, the shiny has a blue butt. And they're like, no, 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 the shiny has blue eyes. I'm like, dude, it's blue eyes and a blue butt. But the most important part is the butt is blue. So the only difference between the five forms are the actual flower color. But the shiny, well, the, sh- the shiny still has the same flower, but its butt is, is different because the flower doesn't become shiny. <laughs> it's not a shiny flower. There's your Pokemon of the week. Some house cleaning real quick. Uh, we will be starting our Black 2 Nuzlocke this Friday at 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, Friday, April 27th. Uh, we'll be starting the Nuzlocke. Keep that in mind. Um, if you're interested in it, it will be Black 2. It will be played on set. If you're there right at 4 p.m., you get a vote on which starter I pick. I don't care that the normal Nuzlocke rule is you're supposed to look at the last two digits of the ID and co- No. People will vote. It'll be fun. That's way more fun than just looking at my trainer ID and then going, well, I guess I get Oshawott. Uh, you guys can vote for which starter we pick. We'll go through. Uh, I think our naming theme will be, uh butchering the pokemon names so for example if we catch pikachu we can name it pikachu if we check catch him a chop we can name it man chomp um that's kind of the naming theme people wanted i don't think machop or uh pikachu are very early on in black 2 but i'm pretty sure black 2 has a way bigger pokedex than black and white will right you are correct so that that's really what's on the docket of course we'll have normal streams throughout the week um but the big thing is Friday uh, for the anniversary, or not for the anniversary, but for the, the th- we're hitting our Patreon goal. That's the big thing we're doing. So it was supposed to be this last week, but I got sick. Other than that, follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. Al is Mick Inke on Twitter. Uh, Will is at Wash in the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake. Otherwise, uh, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. And we are super super effective. effective. Oh.
You did that last time I was on as well, Will. Well, you Super need to think fast. heavy Pokemon. Ooh, there you go. Heavy ball. Although Solgaleo is like 500-something pounds, but Lunala is only 200-something pounds. This whole mass distribution obviously being shunted to some other dimension is disturbing to me. There's obviously a reason why Cosmoem is so heavy. It's joint, the heaviest Pokemon. Joined? Yeah, joint with joint. Sorry, joint. So Celestila is the same weight as Cosmoem. And they're both the heaviest Pokemon. That's weird. It's Super Effective was created and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork were also created by me. The music at ISC was created by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISC, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast or just tell a fellow friend about the show. ISC is my current job right now, and I need all the support I can get to keep doing it weekly. If you'd like to support ISC, you can do so on Patreon. You can support me by heading over to ISE.cash. For as little as $2 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community where you can battle, trade, and chat with other trainers. And for $5 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. A quick shout out to our producers of this show, which include Robert, Kevin, Mason, Kay, and Cygnus. Thank you all for listening.